You're listening to Making a Druid, a Nancy Drew podcast. Welcome back, my Druids, uh, to Making a Druid, the best Nancy Drew podcast where we encourage not murder, but solving fictitious murder. <laughs> Don't commit murder. Murder is bad. No, murder is bad. Yeah, we don't we don't support we that don't. in this house, but no, we do not support that. This episode is extra special because we're finally starting season two. I'm so excited. Back and I really wanted to be like, welcome back to season two. Like Yes. <laughs> this is season two. We're very excited. Um, the search for the midnight. Wraith, I believe. Every time I, I, uh, and only a select few of you might understand this reference. I think of Inej from Shadow and Bones or the Six of Crows for those of you who've read it because she's called the Wraith. So I actually haven't read or watched Shadow and Bone yet um, for various reasons, but I do understand the reference. Okay, good. I will talk about this at a later date about what your reasons are (laughs) (laughs) yeah that could be its own podcast that could be its own thing but we are in season two and for those of you who you know we we record and then we release our episodes at later times but at the time of this recording season three's trailer just dropped and I'm freaking out but Teresa's not allowed to watch it so I am stressed beyond belief just simply like the idea of going on twitter right now is giving me <laughs> headaches just avoid it just avoid it don't do it um and that leads us perfectly into our introductions hi everyone this is <laughs> Teresa, and i am once again stressed at the idea of spoiler <laughs> and i am joined by the person who knows all things master <laughs> manipulator <Allie>. of emotion <laughs> I feel bad because we were talking about season three before or season two before we started recording and um I was trying to tell Teresa some like it's so hard to tell her anything about season two without spoiling something and she's just so frustrated with me and I apologize but (laughs) it's the game we play it's the game we play um you're in for a wild one for this season it is definitely I'm super excited to rewatch it. I think the timing could not come at a better time. Now that the season three trailer is out, it's almost time for season three. This is this would have been when I was doing a rewatch, anyways. So, but now, but now we have the pressure of rewatching and recording these in a very short amount of time. Yes, and somehow finding the time to also edit. <laughs> but it's gonna happen, it, even if we have to release like episodes nine through eighteen the week before the premiere. It's gonna happen. So um, it, it's just for all of you to know, Allie has already made up a schedule for us. So, <laughs> well, I mean, I, I we have to make sure we got we got to stick together. Yeah, yeah, she so. as the keeper of all things Nancy Drew, she has that information <laughs> as the keeper of the count myself. Yes, I have other information. And we are going to do a rolling count. 
right? So we're keeping. Yes. So uh, right now I'll just catch you up on the count where we left off at the end of season one. And then moving forward, I will be keeping instead of three sets of numbers, six sets of numbers. We'll have the count total of the whole show and how we're doing. I'm sure that's going to get difficult as we move on. (laughs) And then uh, um, we'll have a season count for season two separate. So we'll have those two information separate. She is a trooper, y'all. I'm going to try my best. I'm sure halfway through season two, I'm going to be like, I messed up, y'all. I don't think I can keep up. But, you can do it. I believe in you. Okay. And so with that information, uh, we are at the body count, which was at 1.3. Now is two, if I remember correctly, right? Because uh, yes, Josh, technically, Josh, technically Josh was not dead, not was dead. never dead. It was really only two and a half at best. Um, We're still not I- sure how he's not de- dead. But somehow, I, I, I don't understand the logic behind that one, but good on him. He's a survivor to the core. And I'm hoping that's a, a genetic trait he passed on to Nancy for she too should survive the impossible. True. <laughs> um, that would be very, very come in handy this season. Unfortunately, uh, Owen Marvin and t- Tiffany Hudson did not share that genetic trait to survive the impossible. And are still dead um, at the end of the season. No miraculous resurrections for them. May they rest in peace. It is sad that our two dead people are like two people who arguably were pretty good people. Like Mm -hmm. I would rather like the Everett's die. (laughs) That sounds terrible. But like if someone's got to die. If if someone were to die, Everett Hudson being the casualty does not sound bad. Um, He's up there. He's, up there He's the pretty up there. Josh also wasn't such a great human. I understand his reasoning, his motive, uh, cool motive, still murder. Uh, and <laughs> I don't understand why anyone would commit murder. Actually, I do get it. There are times where I think I could commit murder, but um, <laughs> that is hypothetical and hypothetical hard. murder. Like I said, at the beginning of this podcast, we do not uh, enforce or en- endorse uh, any kind of murder. We encourage any murder of any kind no matter the motive like yes. i said before cool motive still murder but in our fictional reality <laughs> there have been two murders so. two murders um sad sad uh we're sad Made by the same person yeah. neither of whom were killed by a ghost no and i'm going to take that with me in my pocket to remember yeah flesh and blood killer it sounds like ghosts are less murdery um, and more uh, just vengeful. And I can appreciate that. There are other ways to get your vengeance like, other than murder. Or like solve my murder, biatch. Like, God damn it. That Lucy really was persistent. She was like. But she wasn't after that. No, or, she wasn't. But but I do sure think she- that Lucy ended up getting peace though, because we haven't seen her again. No, we haven't. Um, at the end of this episode, Lucy seems to be gone for good. I will miss Lucy. Bye, Lucy. Bye, Lucy. For bringing Nancy back from the dead that one time. You're such a good mom. <laughs> mom of, mom the, of year. the year. Mom <laughs> of the year. Mom of the year. Which is a great segue into our ghost count, which is at eight. Yeah. Um, and I 
don't think my my memory will be tested uh, moving forward because I already struggled at eight. <laughs> at least, you know, uh, um, trying. <laughs> yeah, I was trying to, I forgot the, the Mr. Ropers from the asylum. I couldn't remember them. But uh, the other ones I was able to figure out eventually because we had Lucy, we had Rita, we had Tiffany, we had the ghost from the coins, the ghost of the Bonnie Scott, uh, we had Simon. We had the Mr. Roper and his family, the, the tall man, right? Or the thin man or whatever his name was, right? That's yep. seven. Yep. And who am I missing? I don't know. The Aglaica. The Aglaica oh, the Aglaica. Yeah, the big bad. That's the eighth one. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so uh, we have, we're at eight. And ghost sightings? We're at 41, which. Um, Thriving thriving i can already tell just given um the opening of this season that number ain't gonna be 41 for, for very long <laughs> our ghost count might also go up after this episode who knows i just i mean you can kind of look at the title i, I yeah that the, the search for the midnight wraith and i already know that i was like the wraith is gonna be a ghosty and that ghosty is gonna show up uh but I just, here's the thing. Here's the thing. I usually keep track by writing ghost sightings and I can already tell that method of keeping track won't work. And we're going to have to, between the two of us, going to have to divide this in half because. A signal. <laughs> like being like, because I feel like we're definitely going to miss one or two or possibly three per episode if this continues. Okay. Well, um, that just means that people are going to have to like add us and tell us when we miss something, please. Mm-hmm. We would appreciate it, but appreciation. All right. So before we can move into our discussion for the premiere of season two, first, let us recap what happened at the end of season one, uh, episode 18, the clue in the captain's painting. Well, Liz Bass are on the rocks, y'all. It didn't last very long. I'm kind of sad about it. Uh, Diana is influencing Bess. Lizbeth is aware of it. And she and Bess are kind of in a really weird spot where they're trying to figure out, are they going to be able to make it work? Since Bess essentially is a member of a crime family and Lizbeth is a cop. Uh, but on the other hand, George and Nick are sailing, right? They're in a really great place. They are doing their wonderful Swimmingly, George confronted Ryan and got her groove back. And no one's going to understand that reference, Allie. And George <laughs> and George and Nick. I just are- want you to know I got the reference. Okay. <laughs> Thanks for not leaving me hanging. Uh, but George and Nick are in a really good place. And interestingly, in 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 a, in a move that none of us could have predicted, uh, <laughs> Ace and Nancy seem to be getting closer um closer than they were previously we saw at the end of last season they started working together one-on-one a lot more ace offered to be her confident so to speak confidant and they appear to be growing closer not they do do indeed um and just to say that if my timeline wasn't full of nace i don't think 
I'm trying to think. I, I think I might have predicted it, but probably not. I've as I've proven by the end of uh, the season one, I'm not great at predictions. Well, I think that Nancy and Ace were 100% intended to be like the epitome of like start as friends and evolve somewhere else, which you don't ever see a lot on television. Like, and I, honestly, that's how relationships naturally evolve in real life right people become friends and then potentially the good ones anyway yeah the ones that last but a lot of times on television the ones you see are the ones where there's instant romantic chemistry and like hello vampire diaries except they couldn't even be happy with like one relationship they had to have same girl with brothers because that was a great idea but I just the the it was incestuous at one point it felt that way in vampire diaries and i didn't even watch the show i just you know listened to my show, sister rant that show would not even exist these days <laughs> it would not survive but i don't think <laughs> i don't uh i, I just want everyone to know that the moment of recording there's a bunch of tweets about how it's like 12 years ago the first episode uh aired and that's exactly why it's on the top of our minds not because well i mean i and you know my my timeline is also covered with nace and so is my profile but i just appreciate a good realistic relationship one that starts from a, a place of genuine friendship and camaraderie and then becomes something else yeah, so. and, and Nace does feel that way. And I'm sure we'll get into it, especially in this episode, right? There's no romanticization or romanticizing. Yeah. I don't know what I'm trying to say here. Of, well, as someone of each seen, other, which I appreciate. As someone who's seen season two. Um, yeah, what what are you going to say? What are you going to do? Ruin my... There's some very interesting moments coming up and that's all I'll say. And a lot of times they don't seem to make sense until they do. So also at the end of last season, the Drew crew are still being haunted by the Aglaica, their ritual to try and get rid of the Aglaica failed. And now not only are they being haunted by her, but they have received visions of their ultimate and untimely deaths. And George and Bess are supposed to drown in Nick's, uh, George and Bess, huh? George and Nick are supposed to drown in Nick's truck together. Bess is going to be burned alive. Ace is going to be impaled by a meat hook. And Nancy is going to fall off of the bluff cliffs, just like her mother, which there is some like poetry in that one. Yeah, a little bit. I feel like the Aglaica has um, a romantic you know side to her <laughs> right apparently uh, she was definitely a woman since uh, we definitely did find definitely out, a woman um we did find out at the end of last season that the Aglika was human so yeah so she's um a fan of literature i think <laughs> yes there 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 is definitely um an operatic side to the Aglika Anywho, so that was how we ended season one. And now, ladies and gents, we are in season dos. And for those of you who don't speak Spanish, that means season two. And we are in episode one, The Search for the Midnight Wraith.
The episode starts and the Drew crew are relaying to one another their death visions, which feels like a nice camaraderie, like bonding event for them, right? Oh, guys, guess what? I had a vision of how I'm going to die. But I noticed, and you probably did too, George and Nick are not being honest. No, they are not. That he's going to drown in his truck. And George just says, yeah, I'm supposed to drown too. So they are deliberately hiding their relationship at this point. I can only say this. I get it. It does not give me good vibes for them. Like if you can't be honest to your friends about where your relationship's headed, like that's just adding a layer of shame that George explicitly explicitly says she didn't want in her next relationship. I know, but you know, they love Nancy and they're, they're afraid of what Nancy, how Nancy is going to react. No, I get it. I get it. But like, given it's just frustrating, given the speech that George gave Ryan um, at the end of season two, that I really enjoyed that I didn't realize I needed as a viewer. Right. And then like, this happens and I get why they're lying, but it still feels like they're like George. And I know George is also doing this. Like, it's not like this is something being done to her. There's some agency here that she didn't have before, but that like, she's still being kept a secret. And I'm like, she doesn't deserve to be a secret no more. I also think looking at other parameters, right. From a big picture perspective, uh that whole thing happened before they were going to die like because they thought they had found a way to get rid of the Aglaika. so now that they think they're going to die she thinks one it's adding another thing on the plate for nancy and also two i mean if they're gonna die anyways why have that conversation so you know we'll I see guess. how long it lasts i'm not i don't think it will last very long because nick seems like the pda kind of guy <laughs> He does. And we find out later in the episode that he's not a, he's not happy that George wants to not talk to Nancy about it. But also I think that I just, I don't think it's going to last very long. I mean, she's Nancy Drew. I'm not sure you can like keep it from her if you tried. So I don't think you could. And I think part of her already kind of knows, like they haven't been exactly the most subtle about it despite them thinking that they have been like no bitches everyone knows you guys are digging on each other like it's not that you're not doing a good job of keeping that a secret i'm sorry yeah not a not 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 great but they decide they're sitting there and they're talking about their death vision they decide that they're going to try and get rid of things from each other's visions uh, so, uh, Ace is going to get rid of something from Bess's vision. Bess is going to get rid of something from Nick's vision. And that way, if they get rid of them, then the vision can't come true. So that's their plan. Seems like a good plan at the time. Yeah. I just want to say, I thought it would work. Yeah. Ace has the most difficult job. How are you going to make a human be non-flammable? <laughs> yeah. I, Ace is back up to his one-liners in this episode. I just need y'all to know. And he is yeah, he was, so funny. He was like, I'm going to make Bess not flammable. I died laughing. I was just like, how? If, he if anyone could have vented, it would be Ace. So, but. I was, and I'm already <laughs> crying laughing. Just thinking about me in that line. I was just like, that's so funny. He's going to make <laughs> her impossible clothing to out of like the fireproof drapes. 
Yeah, I was just like, yeah. of course, he, he would volunteer that task for himself because he's the platanker. Exactly. But before they can finish their plan, Tamora shows up and he tells them that a girl ran out of Gorham Woods and as she collapsed on the ground, said Nancy Drew, like said Nancy's name. And uh, the crew's basically like, of course, of course she did. Why wouldn't she? Like, (laughs) but they do, Nancy and Tamara do go to the hospital and she's there to obviously ID the victim. They assume she knows Nancy since she said Nancy's name and Nancy's being kind of snarky about it. And Tamara's like, I hope you have something to contribute besides attitude. And I'm like, listen, sir. She is being hunted by a vicious, evil sea monster. I think she deserves a break today. <laughs> I think she deserves a lot of breaks for a lot of different days, but- She also just solved her own mo- mother's death. Like, can we, yeah, no, I think you need to leave her alone. But- and, um, uh, Yeah, no, I, the dynamic between the two of them is going to be really interesting this season, I think. Um he clearly thinks of her as a joke and thinks the town is a joke for respecting Nancy on any level. Um, and in his defense, he is the most competent investigator we've seen. Uh, for sure. And Nancy thinks the same of him, which is so funny. Like, like, and to, to be fair, to be fair to Nancy, there hasn't been a lot of competent investigators it's beyond true. herself. It's true. So, she, she's used to like holding their hands and like. And so it's hilarious. And I think that relationship and that dynamics are going to go one of two ways. It's either they're going to become good friends by the end of season two, or um, they're going to be enemies. And I don't know which one I want. One way or the end. other. Well, one way or the other. We will see. Or maybe they'll be enemies to lovers. No. You know? No. 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 Okay. no. Well, I refuse. Uh, they're at the hospital. Nancy sees Carson and is actively still avoiding him, right? Because she learned that he lied to her for her whole life. And so George covers for her until Nancy can get away. And Carson is so cute. You can tell he, he's there because of a, a new client or whatever, but he, you can tell he's just desperate for information about Nancy because she's not talking to him. And <sighs> George is like, she's totally fine. She's staying out of trouble. And I was like, Carson just George. has a look on his face, like, okay. Like, I who would doubt believe that? that? No one in their right mind who's ever met Nancy First Drew she would said. ever say, oh, yeah, she's staying out of trouble. Oh, yeah, I believe that one. That one, that sounds uh-huh. accurate to me. No. Yeah, worst thing she could have said. But, um, it is cute though how Carson is trying like to get any kind of information he can. I feel really bad for him. Look, do I agree that he completely messed up? Yes. Do I also agree that he's probably the best father figure there is on this show? Absolutely, a hundred percent, without a doubt. He uh, is the only father figure really on this goddamn show. Uh, that's worth a damn. Um. Does that mean that I don't understand Nancy? Absolutely not. I totally get why she's mad. Um, I also think Nancy is going to die soon and she should get over it. (laughs) It's true, right? And I think she's being a little harsh, but anyways. She is being a little harsh because like, she clearly knows what the Hudson's can do, right? And I was like, 
you you really don't think the man who raised you is going to keep you away from that like yeah I you can't trust my opinion I I will go to death for Carson Drew like I'm ride or die Carson and Drew. you did, did you say that you weren't this hard of a Carson Drew fan your first time you watched it Ah, uh, not quite so much. Uh, he grew on me over time, but now that I've gone back and watched it and I know everything, it's only made me love him more. So, so then that just means this season, there's going to be a lot of great Carson Drew stuff. So I'm excited. Carson Drew stuff. So Tamora takes Nancy into the hospital room and Nancy does not know the girl and says that she may have been looking for her because of her detective skills at which Tamora is like, yeah, okay, about that. And Nancy's like, uh-huh, did you notice the numbers on her hand? And he's like, no, I totally didn't notice the numbers. And he holds up the notebook where he's written down the num- numbers. And so this is very much a scene of them, like, I want to say, like, feeling the other out. Yeah, they they both have something to prove to the other, right? Um, Nancy is the one here with the reputation, right? Um, he's yeah. the newbie. So in the town of Horseshoe Bay, he's the one that has something to prove to the most people, but especially to Nancy. Yeah. On the other hand, he technically has more power uh, yeah. within this dynamic because of his title, right? Nancy's still just a waitress at the claw and 19 years old, right? He is, I don't know how old he is, but he's a detective, right? Uh, at 30s, I would say. I, yeah, I'm sure he's like probably like around Ryan's age, right? Yeah. Mid to late 30s. Um, so with that, given his power, Nancy has to prove to him that she's worth something worth her reputation, worth the, the trust and belief this town has put on her. Um, but not to it, people of Horseshoe Bay, just to him. Because just the to him. Bay, they all, she's the hero of Horseshoe Bay for a reason. She has been for, even says for it, a lot of years, right? Since she was 12? Yep. That's seven he, years. He even like, says it mockingly. Yeah, he says yeah, it mockingly. And I wanted to literally Bay. be like, like she didn't give herself that name. She all, and he says something like, I love your fan site or whatever. And I'm like, she didn't even make that fan site. She doesn't she even have to. You're just jealous. He's just jealous. Okay. Jealous. You don't have a fan site. Tamora. What kind of name is that anyways? Tamora. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Um, and so but. it's really interesting because that's what the dynamic is. And I feel like it, that dynamic's going to play out until either one truly without a doubt needs the other um or has something some major leverage against the other and so and technically tomorrow does he still has that skull and i'm like where is that what i feel like when will that come back like but um he has part of lucy like lucy my girl you need to haunt his ass get that skull back for your daughter like you're and not then done yet. Up to her own shenanigans, because she does get the impression, like, of which was genius, by the way. She pretended she was comforting uh, Amanda's body. We find out it's Amanda later, and she like presses her hand in hers, but really she's getting the negative impression of the numbers that she had written on her hand. Never would have thought of that, but Me yeah, either. but so smart. She, she goes out. I mean, it's Nancy, so I'm not surprised. She goes out. She takes a pic and she texts it to Ace. I'm like. 
hearts. I need Melissa here so she can show me screenshots of their text conversation. But <laughs> and uh, she George comes out and she explains what you know she thinks the numbers are and she's like, how do you have enough bandwidth for another mystery? And Nancy's like, well, I think it's connected to ours. So, you know, that, so basically that's her buy-in, right? Because she thinks that the numbers on the hand somehow are related to the Egleka. She heads back to the claw. We see Ace and Nick and Nick is helping to dispose of Ace's hook. And we learn, we get the first hint in this scene that Ace is a little frustrated with Nancy. And this is really the first time we've seen Ace be upset with Nancy. Previously, mm-hmm. he's Brett. been like gun ho, like loyal. he's been pretty forgiven, right? Because yeah. it's not like it's not the first time Nancy's kind of put her foot in it. Um, and out of everybody, Ace, I feel, and maybe a little bit fast, but mostly Ace has been like, whatever. She's like, she's cool. I trust her. She's super smart and pretty. Like, let me just follow her around. Like I'm a drink poison for her leader. And like, and you know, he even, so Nick even brings that up, right. Of him drinking the poison and Ace is like, you know, no, that was water. I knew it was water, but Nick says, well, why are you still helping? You know, if you're angry with her and he's like, because self-preservation, <laughs> like I've got to help her solve this mystery to live. I was like, it's not, he's not, he's not wrong. <laughs> like he's yeah, not wrong. Yes. He is not wrong. Um he he's smart. If you want to survive, right? Nancy's probably your best shot. Even even a, a mad ace can can understand that statistically speaking. Yes. The odds are in his favor if he yeah. continues to assist Nancy. But so <laughs> He, he is trying to decode the message that he found on Amanda's hand, right? Or Nancy found. And Nick is still trying to get the hook down and is unable to because the Aglaica says so. He finally gets the code decoded and realizes that it was a message to Nancy. It's basically a message that says, I have a mirror that will help with your Aglaica situation, bring the money to the meetup spot outside of the Gorham Woods and I can give it to you or whatever. And they figure out it is a girl and a guy. And uh, they're, they're very confused because they're like, how does this person even know that we need help with the Aglaica? And Ace discovers that there was a social media post on Nancy's fan site that said, Nancy Drew needs your help. Uh, she and her friends, something, something with the Aglaica, and it's basically an SOS. Yeah, it's and quite it's clever, like, actually. It is, <laughs> but she promises a $750 reward for information. They realized that it was best that put it on such, because Nancy's like, I didn't post it. I don't have social media, and they're all like, me either, and I'm like, there's no way all those 19, 20-year-olds don't all have social media. But I, okay, I believe Nick when Nick says he doesn't have social media, I totally believe that True. whenever and maybe George when yeah. that I was like, no way does Nancy not keep tabs on her fan site. There's yeah, no way or ace, but Bess is the one that posted it. She offered a $750 reward and they're like, well, you know what? This mirror might not even be connected to the Aglaica, but Nancy looks at the picture of the mirror and she realizes that it is the same mirror that was that belonged to the women in white who were the first group of women way, 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 way back when Horseshoe Bay first was founded that called the Aglica. 
they're realizing that they're going to have to go after because they think they know Amanda's in the hospital, but the boy that was with her was not with her when they found her. So they think he's still in the woods, but they're really scared to go in the Gorm woods. And they have this hilarious conversation about, well, it's probably not even real. And so, and Bess or George one is like, yeah, except for every urban legend that we've had has turned out to be real. Here's my so, thing though. Does that mean the blood bucket, is that coming back? Maybe. I mean, okay. they did not forget the blood bucket. I will because, say that. Because she, because George isn't wrong. Uh, she too is right. And, and, and to say that um, every urban legend they've had is connected to the ghostly realm and has some truth to it, even if they have misunderstood the truth, right? There is truth to it. Yep. So I'm just like the blood bucket. I'm the, I feel like I'm the only one recording this goddamn podcast. That's thinking about that hundred percent of the time. Okay. I'm always well, because I know they have forgotten it. So uh-huh. I just, am like, I just keep looking at George and I'm like, is she going to die now? Is she, is she next? Uh-huh. Well, oh, George, I'm just thinking George. about the blood bucket. But they do decide to go into the Gorm woods. He says it's a lead worth following. And Nancy said, well, it's the only one we got. So <laughs> they head to the Gorm Woods, but they go to the location for the meetup that was in the message and it's empty. They do find a phone on the ground and some medicine and Ace is able to get into the phone and discovers that the boy and the girl are Gil and Amanda Bobsey and they are twins. And then by watching some videos on the phone, they realize that Gil is uh, diabetic and that he had medicine and that he's probably on the struggle bus. He needs his medicine, his insulin. And they found it with the phone, which we assume is Amanda's. And Amanda had his medicines. They see a video of Amanda being chased by the wraith. And that is then how she got out of the woods. She was running from the wraith. And that's where the cops found her. So they realize that they not only have to find Gil because of you know, the mirror, but also because Gil is losing his, like, he doesn't have his insulin. And if they don't find him, you know, he, it might not be great. So they take the medicine with them, but they're trying to figure out where he could have went in the video. We see that he leaves Amanda and is planning to come back. And the only other place in the Gorm Woods where he could have gone was this old hunting lodge built in the 1800s owned by... Hudson's like always. Goddamn it! I just why everywhere? Okay, explain. Because it suits the plot. No, they're really wealthy. They just own a lot of property. But they go. Is it going to be them or the Marvins? And either one wasn't going to be great, so it doesn't really matter at this point. It's true, but they do go, and Nick and George offer to look for footprints outside which leaves Ace, Nancy, and Bess to break into the lodge with Nancy's handy-dandy lockpit set. And they don't, but they're not in there for very long when they get caught by Everett. I mean, this is kind of a failed covert mission, but they didn't think it, it was there. Okay, here's the thing. It was a creepy-ass lot. Like, why would anyone be there? It was dark. It was creepy. The woods are apparently haunted by the wraith that full moon, which was happening, or new moon, or whatever it's kind true. of moon was happening. It was full moon. It was full moon. Um, and who would, who would ever think that there was going to be a weird ass lawyer evil business meeting? Me, because that's always how it is. 
<laughs> I was just like, girl, first of all, the one time Nancy fails at a covert operation and she's with like four other people. It's just ace she and had fast, but if she I was just like, God damn it. But he is, Everett's there meeting with a group of people and he finds Nancy and friends and he takes them into like a weird looking basement where they do meet and apparently yeah, they like drain the, oh god i also would feel like they're gonna kill me i'm going to die now how convenient that this room full of like meat hooks and drains in the floor and like stuff straight out of an episode of what's that show where the guy kills people dexter dexter this room straight out of Dexter and oh look that wall over there must be for family heirlooms okay that makes sense not I just if if Ace wasn't mad before he would definitely be mad being in a room full of the thing that's going to murder him exactly he's got a vision that he was going to be hit oh hung up like dear Everett Hudson with Everett oh. Hudson so anyways he takes them to this place and Ace is like freaking the fuck out. And he's like, uh, if your grandfather were going to kill someone, this is death where he would take someone to do it. <laughs> and I was like, oh, again. my poor baby. I put my poor baby. <laughs> I was like, again, not wrong. <laughs> he's not. But Nancy reminds though, like, don't tell him we're related. So she, he still doesn't know that Nancy is Ryan's daughter, which is probably good. It's, yeah, it probably is a good thing. Um, I'm also thinking, like, what would Everett do if Ace just in the middle of all of this was like, but Nancy's your granddaughter! Don't murder your granddaughter! We're would with it, her! Would it catch him off guard enough that they could, like, run and make it? <laughs> ah, I, like, I, I don't know. I, I know Nancy would be pissed. She would be so pissed, but. But I think that'd be hilarious. I mean, it doesn't happen. He doesn't do that. He's a good friend, but. <laughs> yes, he is a good friend. And they do notice while they're there that this is where Gil must have stolen the mirror from. The wall, uh, the one wall in the creepy murder room that has family heirlooms is where the mirror was. But Everett walks in and I put go Ace. Immediately Ace goes to town on him and he's like, Oh, what do you mean? Why would we think you're here to murder us since you murdered all those people in the Bonnie Scott and put a hit out on Carson Drew and like all and I'm like, Ace, you're be you're Nancying. Stop. <laughs> Very direct. And all I could think about was, well, if he didn't have a reason to murder you before, my God, why did he, you gave him like four right there? <laughs> all I could think about was all those times, or specifically. The, the time that Nancy was in the garage and she was confronting Josh and she was solving the murder out loud and he's just standing there. I'm like, Nancy, what are except, you doing? I was like, except Ace doesn't even have the excuses solving a murder and not being able to just like completely zoning out. He knew exactly what was coming out of his mouth. Nervous. It was just nerves. Yeah, he was just nervous. But I, interesting moment when they're having this conversation, she notices that she has the same nervous tick as Everett. Yeah. See that? There, yeah, I did notice that. And I, I feel like that's going to come back. Um, not the nervous tick, but her seeing similarities between 
her and Everett and that being a big driving factor this season or at least this part oh well it definitely is in this episode we see it a couple more times we see a couple more times but I think it is also gonna help and this is kind of going into my predictions is gonna help her kind of read the Hudson's knowing that she's a Hudson um and so like I imagine her being in spaces with them feeling a little bit safer knowing that she can read these like the the minutiae of the behavior because she knows her own behavior so well and she can see similarities and knowing that they're related that's a good thought yeah uh, ryan comes in and saves the day so this is a good moment for ryan and- did I? I was like ryan to the rescue exclamation <laughs> point Everett he has so much to make like, up for. What are you doing here? And Ryan walks in all suavely and he's like, I invited I, Okay, here's the thing. <laughs> I don't think I like Ryan, but I did swoon a little bit at the idea of him coming to the rescue. I was just like, and Ryan it's just like, point- Riley Smith is just so attractive. <laughs> Ryan at this point is so hot and cold for me. Like there are moments where I'm like, oh, and then the moment's like, I hate you. Like, what is wrong with you? There, <laughs> and um, I think he just has a lot to unlearn. He right? does. And I, and like, I, this is just, again, I think I have a love of Riley Smith. Because <laughs> I keep going back that he's just so, so good. Well. They did. You said it in episode one. Like, they needed to come up with that I was face. just like this guy. I was like, I knew it. I call it. Was, he, they just did. Yeah. And, um. Shout out to Riley Smith because I just realized he why I love him so much. There's some part of me was remembering motocross, the the, the DC com, the Disney com, and there were Disney called DCOM, DCOM, whatever. It doesn't matter because I was just like, this is Disney why I love Channel him. original movie. Not that you know, I I know what the acronym. Anyway, shout out because my love for Riley Smith apparently extends for decades. Well, not decades, uh, but for a long while. You can love Riley, and uh, I will love Scott Wolf. We then see George and Nick, and they are in the Gorham Woods, and they're talking about how they're scared to tell Nancy that they're together. And Nick is not really there for it, and George is. So, like we said earlier, we'll see where that goes. But they do find the last place where Gil was standing and they follow his footprints and they realize that Gil was being chased. So that does not bode well because he was probably being chased by the wraith as well. But it cuts back to uh, Nancy, Ace, Bess, and they're with Everett and Ryan. Ryan is explaining to his dad. He says he invited Nancy to say thank you for finding out what happened to Lucy. And... Everett's like, and she thought she had to show up with her entourage of friends. And Ryan has a really great line. He said, she enjoys traveling with wingmen. She's a lot like you in that way. I wanted he to did slap it. him. He did it though to get, get like at his dad, right? Because like, look, you have an entire entourage of lawyers in your den. But to Nancy. I know. Right? It was like a gut punch. She was like, don't compare went- me to him. I was like, I literally told you I was swooning like three seconds ago. And at this point, I was just like, you fucked up, Ryan. I was like, he didn't mean to, though. He was doing it to get at its dad, not Nancy. But that just shows how short-sighted he is, that he doesn't, he didn't even think about Nancy at all, which is like really hilarious because Nancy had done the same thing to George not that long ago. It's true. Oh my God. But did you pick up on the way that Ace kind of looks over at Nancy all worried? 
Thank you. I just need to say that. Even though Ace is so angry. Y'all can't hear her right now because she's laughing so loud. Her microphone is malfunctioning. But Teresa is like dying. But even though he is so mad at her, he's so mad. He's still like, you okay, boo? Like <laughs> he still has to check up on her. And that's so sweet. And and it's like uh, and and to be honest, I I didn't really like feel the the how momentous that moment was until the end of this episode with the the last Nancy mm-hmm. and AC. And it well, was like, kind of a mirror to that. But it's just such a good foundation for something greater, but you know, we'll get there. But anyways, Ace looks at Nancy and then Everett lets them go. And Ryan gets in Everett's face. And apparently he's not scared of his dad anymore, which seems like a bad life choice because as much as like Ryan might be an asshole, he is nothing on Everett. Like Everett, no. like murderer. And Ryan's okay, there's not a, a murderer. There's a difference between being a dick and being evil. <laughs> yes. And Everett even tells him like, if I'm going down, I'm taking you with me. And that to me feels like foreshadowing. Like he already has things in motion, in motion, and in mind of how. Maybe to, even but here's the thing: throw Ryan under the bus for it, everything. Yeah, and here's the thing: especially after Ryan has his little, um, like moment of like, these are just people who are gonna be here. You're gonna throw them all under the bus, like you're gonna like walk away scotch free because these are the people that are gonna take the blame for all the evil stuff oh. that you'll do. And then I'm like, oh, sweetie. Did you not listen? Like, it sounds like you're there too, babe. Like, babe. No. But at this point, I think part of another thing that, like, another thought that came to mind beyond, like, Everett literally does not care two flying fucks about his son. Um, Dad of the year. Truly unbelievable. (laughs) Everett hugs it, everybody. (laughs) Um, Was the thought that I don't know if Ryan cares <laughs> about yeah. himself in that way. Like, I don't know if he cares that his father's going to throw him under the bus. I don't know if he cares because I feel like he's trying so hard to prove to Nancy mm-hmm. that he's worth her time. Yeah. But he's like, I think his priorities now pretty much lay with Nancy. Yeah. And so like, if this, if helping Nancy means that, you know, throwing like, is like, being a fearless, you know, ballsy man with a death wish because okay. Everett Hudson, everybody, he's like, he's cool with that. He's down with the crowd. Like he's ready. Do you remember how last season I told you uh, Carson will make a lot of bad mistakes in the name of like Nancy and his love for Nancy? Yeah. It's, it's <laughs> your face. I wish everyone could see your face right now. <laughs> just just remember that one but I and remember when I said that the Ryan and Carson team up of my dreams is happening because of Nancy I was like well I right feel now like this, I feel like, like this moment kind of proved that they're both dum-dums for Nancy Drew yes but right now you know we'll get to that they seem like they're they're on on the outs but Not for long, baby. Not for long because this girl has dreams, okay? And I got halfway there with my Kate ghost. Let me have this one. Nancy and her two dads. (laughs) It sounds like a 50. (laughs) But Nancy and Ryan have a conversation 
And she tells him like, you didn't have to cover for me. And he says something like, well, you only want my help when you're in a jam. And I'm like, dude, she didn't ask for you to save her ass. Don't come at her this way. She did not ask for you. But she literally only asked for his help like two times total in her lifetime. Exactly. I don't know why he's making it sound like she's always been at his front door knocking. <laughs> exactly. Like- and he's like, I'm just trying to make things, you know, be friends or whatever. And she said, if you were my friend, you wouldn't compare me to Everett. So again, confirmation that she's really bothered by that line about her and Everett being similar. And it comes back later, right on the bus too. Yeah. I just, I'm trying to think if she would care that much if, if it wasn't for the fact that she, that her friends are so clearly mad, or I should say Ace is so clearly mad at her and making those comparisons as well. Uh Uh-huh. If, if like the, what you're saying is that she's especially bothered by Ace's feelings for her. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Okay. (laughs) I am saying that indirectly. I'm down with that. But she comes <laughs> back up with Ace and Bess. And this is where that moment is, right? Ace is very obviously agitated with Nancy. He implies that Nancy is like Everett. And Nancy's look on her face is just like, like she's even when she's talking to him, she's kind of smiling a little bit. Like maybe if I smile, he won't be mad at me. And then he's mad at her. And she looks like a kicked puppy. She looks real sad. He's so sad. And I'm like, I feel you. I feel you. And I think at this, until this point, she really thought Ace was her ride or die. So for Ace to be the one that like is upset with her, it's especially traumatic to her. Here's the thing, because as Nick pointed out just earlier, he had been up until this point, like he had the moment Nancy confronted him about lying and spying on them and behind their backs to talk to McGinnis like that was the moment Ace was like whatever it takes right whatever it takes and was truly a ride or die and so everyone I think is shocked that Ace is the one that's mad because everyone else seems pretty chill about dying like they're not, they're not mad at they're they're like they're not, not happy about it but they're not mad or outwardly mad at Nancy the way Ace is so outwardly mad at Nancy I will just say that it always hurts the most when it's from someone that you really, really care about. And that's all I'll say. Anywho. What? Is this just your like Lala, like Nace dreams or is this something that's going to come back? I'm just saying Ace seems especially hurt by this situation more so than everybody else in the Drew crew. Yes. I agree. I just said that. (laughs) Oftentimes feelings of hurt at that to that extreme stem from a place of saying that everyone else is paired off and he's got romance. (laughs) I'm saying that deep down he really loves Nancy. And so (laughs) even though he hasn't actually acknowledged it to himself yet, he has feelings for Nancy. And so her putting them in this situation hurts, especially deep. That's what I'm saying. Okay. And this entire time, while I understand and even empathize greatly with Ace and his anger, all I could keep thinking about was freaking Nancy never asked you to do shit for her. Okay. You volunteered your goddamn self. It's true. It's true. He, Don't he be mad at her. Because the way he said it, too, it was just like, well, you're the one that put your friends in. Like, you truly care about us. You keep asking us to do crazy, dangerous things this for you. This is feeding this into your ear. What? The the Nancy Drew apologies. 
coming out right now like <laughs> is, is this melissa like is she directly into your earbud right now no but i was angry at ace for a momentarily as irrational as it was i was just like she never asked you i'm pretty sure at one point she specifically said if you don't want to come don't come and i think it was even ace that said you need all six people <laughs> It's true. <laughs> so just like, but, my friend, I get you. I would also be mad if a ghost was coming to kill me. Don't, it's true. But also don't be like, this is her fault because I'm sure you volunteered for this. She didn't ask you. She didn't force you. You were like, bitch, I'm going to be there for you. Misplaced frustration. But they find Gil's insulin pump and they realize that Gil is going to die. Like if they don't find him. R.I.P. We see, I mean, would I be mad about it? No, but we- It sounds see, like he's a jerk. I'm not going to lie to you. At this point, I, I didn't care. Um, when we meet him, I'll tell you what I wrote about. But, and then we see the wraith's claws on the sign. So they get lost in the woods. They find some creepy scarecrows that they're supposed to like keep hikers out or warn them or whatever. And apparently the scarecrows don't work. And the wraith appears and chases them. They find an old bus and lo and behold- there is Gil and what luck. is on death's door and is negotiating with Nancy about price. Truly, truly a man of selflessness, that Gil. <laughs> I, I mean, right? Like, she's like, dude, I'm just trying to save your life. And he's like, now it's 850. And I'm like, asshole. I'm just, I was like in shock. I think my brain didn't process the next 30 seconds of what happened on the show because I was just like, who the fuck? Exactly. But <laughs> luckily, when he passes out from shock not to having his insulin, asshole, Nick knows how to save his life because Nick's dad is a diabetic. And George says, damn, the Bobsy twins are hardcore because he wakes up and he sees Nancy looking for the Aglaica mirror and he says, don't try to steal from a thief. And I'm like, dude, you were just dying. Like literally on death's door. It would have been easier if you had just been a corpse. Like I was like, Nancy girl, you should have just let that kid die. <laughs> I know. Then you could have gone the mirror for free, but you know, whatever. But they, he tries, he then figures out that Amanda's not with them. He, so he tries to get up to go get Amanda and he can't because he almost died. And the wraith shows up and they realize that the wraith can sniff fear uh gil tells them also about the mirror and how their dad was the hudson caretaker and the mirror belonged to a hudson ancestor who was the first to call aglaica and i think it's george someone mentions how oh it must run in the family or something like that because haha nancy's a hudson it's so funny yeah um which i'm my first thought was like why would you say that in front of the I know he's half dead, but still yes. very much present Bobsy twit. Like, I feel like that's a betrayal. Yeah, he is a stranger. But the Wraith is there. And so they're trying to figure out like, okay, let's talk about happy things since the Wraith is attracted to like doom and gloom and fear. And so they're having flashbacks to the first day at the claw. We see Nancy and Nick meet. And we realize like that it was, it was pretty much at first sight for them, which is much more boring and <laughs> i was gonna say it's it was very cute was because cute. it wasn't like this the kind of first sight that she had with owen it wasn't like huge fireworks it, it was it not was similar to her dream state um her perfect world in the whisper yeah box. 
Yeah. It was very sweet and gentle. And it was just like, they kind of, the way they smiled at each other was kind of very much like teenage dream love of first sight versus like a hot, passionate love affair. It's true. But uh, we realized then that she's talking about Nick that she met up with later for the fireworks. And obviously that's still going to put in some pressure, right? For that Georgia Nick thing. I think that was intentionally brought up to make that situation more difficult. And, and especially since immediately after they like Nick goes to hold George's hand and Nancy notices. Yep. But Gil then makes fun of all their stories, which asshole. And Ace is so sweet because Bess starts screaming. He's like, it's okay, Bess. And I'm like, hmm. and everyone flees off the bus except nancy and nancy has decided that she is going to stay on the bus as bait because she feels like a terrible person ace just made her feel like a terrible person and so she's not gonna let her whole friend group die because of a mistake that she made so she stays on the bus and she starts reliving all of her fears and she realizes that she's afraid of herself and afraid of now that she knows she's a Hudson, is she the worst parts of all of like the people who like she came from? Like, is she going to end up being like Everett Hudson? And so that's where that like, you know, that reaction earlier was coming. Yeah. From. And it's really interesting because as like the flashes of, of her fears were coming across, um, you saw flashes of Carson and Kate and people who up until this point, we've only heard good things about, right? We heard good things mm-hmm. from Victoria and Hannah and Nick and um, who else? Josh and all of these people only had good things to say about the Druze. But given how much they hurt Nancy, Nancy has a very negative view of them right now. And so when she says, am I the bad parts of everybody? She's including the Druze. Is she as uh-huh. someone... Who, who is a liar and a manipulator and who will keep deep, deep secrets from people that she loves and yep. pretends that it's okay because it's like in the name of love. Uh-huh. But I, I think it will, like you said earlier, I think it's going to end up being like a season arc, right? Nancy's struggling with the Hudson of her. She accidentally scrapes something against the floor of the bus and realizes that the rate is scared of fire. So she catches the whole bus on fire, which feels like a bad life choice because she's still on the bus. She's very much on the bus. (laughs) But uh, the Drew crew is watching the bus catch on fire. Gil pulls Nancy off the bus. So he does save Nancy, even though I think Nancy would have got herself off. But, you know, I think she would, too. But like Gil's like my money. Exactly. (laughs) He wanted his money. But. They get off the bus and Nancy, it's a little while later. Nancy is like, here's your $850. And Gil's like, you mean $950? And Nancy kind of eyes him with interest in not a bad way, which is weird because he is 100% an asshole. He is an asshole, but he's an asshole who just once saved her life. Two is resourceful. I just, here's the thing. Again, going into my predictions. He coming back, yo. He has to. I'll he's interesting. I don't like him, but he's interesting. I, I will tell you he comes back. And I, he does? Yay. I hate no Bobsy. I hate no Bobsy. 
with a passion. I did not like the guy who plays him is the nicest dude ever. You should follow him on Twitter. The same with the girl that plays Amanda, but yeah, I'm not a Gil Bopsy fan. Not in, and I'll, I'll come back to that, but <laughs> I'm gets, very curious. She gets the mirror and she realizes that the clue is behind it. So she breaks it and she finds a hint that the key to defeating the Aglaica is a sea, a sea shanty from the 1800s. Of course it is. And then Tamura shows up and arrests Nancy and Gil. And he has this little snarky line again, where he said, where there's smoke, there's a miscreant teen sleuth who's about to be arrested. And I'm just like, Haha, you're an asshole. I hate you. But <laughs> different kind of asshole than Gil though. Yes, yes, different kind of asshole. But Amanda and Gil have a cute reunion and then Nancy and Tamura are together and he takes off her handcuffs this is sometime later. And we realize that Ryan has officially do- dropped the charges against Nancy. He's waiting outside and he tells her that he told the cops that the mirror was a gift because that's why she was arrested for possession of stolen property. And I'm like, that was awful convenient. Did he just like roll up and have that on his sleeve? Cause I doubt Everett actually called her in for that mirror. No, but we all know tomorrow doesn't like Nancy for some reason. And he was um, for a reason to arrest her. I, well, I mean, he has a reason to arrest her technically to skull, but he hasn't done it yet. So. Exactly. But anyways, he told the cop it was a gift and technically he didn't tell them this. You can't steal a family heirloom. And she's like, please don't remind me of that. But he walks away and we see Ryan and Carson. And Carson, like Ryan's giving Carson a hard time because, you know, Carson was actually tried for murder. And so his business is hurting. And not only does he give him a hard time for that, but then he shuts him down when Carson asks about Nancy and threatens to tell everyone that Carson kidnapped her. And says that Seems a little he, could much, ruin him. he could ruin him if he chose to. And I'm like, why is this necessary? It's not necessary. Technically true, though. And I actually am very sympathetic to Ryan's anger because, as he mentioned at the end of last season, Carson did take something away from him. Like, he could have, like, I don't think he would have done a good job, he but he could and save her. He did. She- uh, but took it, took took her away from Ryan who was like her biological father who didn't even know she existed until like three seconds ago so like yeah well you know he did it to save her and I'm not saying what Carson did was uh morally uh, wrong I think I I just get why Ryan's mad yeah I know you you're understanding I'm just like leave Carson alone (laughs) I also am like at that moment, I was just like, Brian, he's such a dick. Carson's already coming out. But Nick, Bess, and George uh, are back at the claw. They realize that Nick's car has come back. The car guy refuses to take it. And so they're starting to realize they can't get rid of the stuff from the vision. The Aglaica is going to make sure that it ends up back where it was. And we see that again in this next scene. And I just want to mention that this is the way they chose to end the season one premiere episode with Nancy and Ace. And Ace is in the freezer covering the meat hook and Nancy confronts him about his frustration and his anger. And she's like, I want to make it right, but I can't do that if you're mad at me. And 
he says, you know, he's angry because he finally found something good, right? He found this found family and now he's going to die. And sometimes you just have to let anger sit, but he's also just scared. And he says, the next time you feel like sacrificing yourself to prove you're not a husband, please don't. Just because I'm mad at you doesn't mean I want to lose you. I know it's really sweet. <laughs> and then the towel on the hook falls off. And As proof that she, he, he might not have to worry about that because it sounds like Nancy's going to be losing him. <laughs> exactly. But it was a really sweet moment. And I think it was just further proof that I think Ace cares about Nancy maybe even more than the rest of the crew. And I think it started from a place of she's like their leader, right? And that place of loyalty. But I think also he notices what we do, which is that you know, that camaraderie and that they have a lot in common and they work well together. And yeah. Yeah. And, and I how it ended. And there's like a little cut of Nancy in her uh, roadster and she's like, time to go find a sea shanty. Yeah. With the, our, our favorite character, the Nancy narrator. Um, yes. And that's but, sister. Yeah. She's got, she has some, some good stuff in, in this episode. I'm just... It was a very sweet ending. And as they were talking this and how he doesn't want to lose her, it just brought up to mind. And I, and to be honest, I didn't notice this at the beginning of the episode when they were talking about this in the scene, uh-huh. how no one volunteered or no one could volunteer to keep Nancy safe. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, from the herd. Yeah, because there's nothing to There's like, nothing to do. She falls off a cliff. Like, and it's so interesting, right? Because- no one really mentions that and and we don't we kind of just skip right over that so when he is talking about her sacrificing herself the thought came to mind was like is that why she jumps off the cliff is that what her accident is was it like a self-sacrificing thing like in this vision yeah because it's such a nancy thing to do and there's nobody there's nothing you can do like you can't make her fall proof it does make you think that it almost feels like foreshadowing like she might do it again and like Mm-hmm. what ace's role will be in that since he's the one that is like i don't want you to do that like what role will he have if she chooses to do it again i don't know i the role of catching her and p- bringing her back up i just have also yeah, absolutely um but <laughs> or maybe uh, be there to stop her from like talking her down yeah it. yeah and and again, I didn't even think about that while this scene was happening. It came to mind at this moment when he said, don't self-sacrifice. Like, I don't want to yeah. lose you. And seeing that hook, and I just you know have to remember, like, there's nothing they can do for Nancy. They can try to get rid of the truck. They can try to make best a flame-proof, <laughs> fireproof. Um, they can, you know, cover up the hook or try to get rid of the hook, but they can't get rid of the bluffs. Like, they can't not, you know... They yep. can't just not make gravity not a thing, you know, momentarily. What? You mean that's not a thing? Like we can't, we can't do that. We can't like, I can't. So. But so that was the end of this episode. So let us move on to Easter eggs. This week on the episode of Easter Eggs, we have uh, two very important characters introduced to the Druniverse, the Bobsy Twins. And for those of you who are unfamiliar, Gil and Amanda Bobsy are 
the Bobsy Twins, uh, inspired by the novels, the Bobsy Twins, which were around the same time as Nancy Drew and the Hardy Boys. And somewhere in the middle, they started to resemble Nancy Drew and the Hardy Boys because those two series had really taken off. And Nancy Drew and the Hardy Boys were both mystery-based. So the Bobsy Twins kind of went down that road. They were inspired uh, in the later books by Nancy Drew and the Hardy Boys. So the Bobsy Twins are now in the TV universe. And we'll see if they come back more this season. It does seem a little odd to bring back such, you know, titular characters from series that were very close to the Nancy Drew series and only bring them back for one episode. Kind of like, it seems really strange. We haven't seen a Hardy Boy yet, or maybe we have, who knows? <laughs> because Nancy Drew and the Hardy Boys were like, so, you know, we'll see if we see them again. Kind of like Hannah, right? When we met Hannah and Hannah was such a, a, a an important character to the stories. And we have seen her again. So I actually, I did spoil earlier. We see Gil again. So I guess you can assume we also see Amanda. But how it was much- already as part of my prediction. So it doesn't even matter. But how much we see them is, is yeah. a question. Yeah, that's a question mark. So on to ratings. This week, we are rating the episode on a scale of one to five heirloom mirrors, obviously. And one being garbage, five being iconic. Where do you fall on our scale this week, Teresa? I have a three and a half heirloom mirrors as my rating. I think it was a solid start. It wasn't my favorite episode. I think it sets up a lot of great things, which is why it wasn't a three, but it still wasn't my favorite episode. But but I think that's going to be hard. There were a lot of great episodes, especially near the end of season one. So, Yeah. I also actually said three and a half. And oh, I know. We never <laughs> agree. I, I think I we've only agreed like once before. You're probably right. But I also thought that was my exact same thing was like, it was a solid episode. It was a good one. Uh, not up there on like my favorite episodes. It does, like you said, set up a lot of good things down the road, even more so than you're picking up on right now. I'm sure and, that's true. <laughs> and uh, I... It was good back to go back and rewatch it. It was. And I, I caught a lot of things this time around that I haven't. So I feel like this is the part where I should say, this is the first time I've rewatched season two. Season Ooh. one, I've actually rewatched. Uh, so it's it'll be cool to rewatch this season and see all the things I've missed. Because after season two ended, I was like, oh, I must rewatch it now. And then we were starting this podcast. So I was like, okay, I'll just wait and rewatch season two later. So I'm really excited to get to the rewatch now because I think there are a lot of things that I'm looking forward to seeing from the set of eyes I now have. So (laughs) now we move on to predictions. Yeah, so I mentioned a couple of these throughout the podcast. Like I said, I do think the Bobsy twins will come back. Um, I think they set up an interesting dynamic between especially Gil and Nancy. So I'll see, you know, be seeing what they uh, will bring to the table. He is a thief. Nancy likes to break and break and enter places. So I feel like his skill set will be valuable. At some she's point. not an asshole. She is that I don't I do think Gil was unnecessarily a dick, but uh, he was dying and he was trying to get more money. I was just like, girl, I was a like, Gil. No. Let's not do that. Let's end it, bro. 
I do think it's interesting that there was a an emphasis on Carson's new client and his new clientele and the kinds of clients he's now getting. And I think that will come back in a big way, either as a client of his will either be a suspect in some way or have information that Nancy's going to need eventually uh, in the future, I think will be interesting because he's no, he's, he isn't working with the Hudson's and the Marvins of the world anymore. He's working with the CD, the ugly underbelly of Horseshoe Bay, right? We saw the yeah. kind of person he was representing so as he's trying to rebuild his up. business. Yeah. yeah. So um, I think that's significant. And I think there's a reason why the writers were really emphasizing the fact that he was working with a client at the hospital and that Ryan was making fun of him <laughs> for it. Um, I also think, again, this is something I kind of said last time, uh, but I'm going to repeat the, the, the Carson and Ryan team up of my dreams. Um, <laughs> I just think it'd be hilarious and Nancy I want it to happen. It. I want Nancy and her two dads to have a jolly old time. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I understand I might be the only person in the world that wants no. that, given the fact that Ryan is an asshole. You're not. I promise you, you're not. But I just think it's so cute. Nancy and her two fathers. <laughs> just, I just want it. My two um, dads. That's gonna be <laughs> Nancy and her now. two dads. Um, and I mentioned this before. I think it's very telling that uh, there are clear, and they've been doing this for a while, but it's very much surface level this time. The comparisons between Nancy and the Hudsons um, and what that means and how that's going to be a driving factor for some of her decisions and how the, her relationships will be affected. I want to emphasize her relationship with Ace in regards to this, because one, I do think Ace has a better understanding of who Nancy is as a person, and that includes all of her flaws. And so while everyone else I wouldn't say it's chill at the fact that there might be dying in, in like however much time. It feels like it's been a really long time for a ghost to hang on to people, but um, True. maybe my uh, judgment of the timeline here is a little skewed because it feels like it's been weeks, but um, yeah. it might have only been days for all I know. But and, and so I think having a clear appreciation of Nancy and everything that she's capable of, it also comes with a clear understanding of all of the things that kind of make her a nasty person. And she has a lot of those. And we've talked about them a little bit on, on the podcast, right? Yeah. She can be a little short-sighted like Ryan. She can be a little pushy like Everett. Like, you know, there are bad things. Yeah, a little manipulative, a little like Carson in that regard, right? She's a She can be a good liar. And so um, there are things that she notices that, Ace has also noticed that maybe Bess and Nick and George are a little more blinded to because they are very much, um, you know, realize they need her <laughs> to yeah. survive and appreciate the things that she has done for them in the long run, right? Yep. Um, the three uh, and, and Ace, though he is appreciative of that, I think is also like, you're a human, humans do bad things, <laughs> so... Well, I think she and Ace have always been sizing each other out since the get-go. Yeah, from the get-go. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah. And I also just wanted to mention, uh, freaking, I think it's the first time anyone says this. I also had a little heart flutter, and I think we'll also come back, that Ace actually said the word crew uh, in this episode. <laughs> 
And I was just like, is it's the official. idea of them being a crew will come back? I hope it does. It's official. The Drew crew. I love it. Well, that the Drew crew, whole, that whole name was kind of created off, off show, right? On social media during season one. So I think that was their nod to like, you know. I kind of figured and I'm kind of hoping it comes back. I said found family, but Ace really does say crew. So yeah. Yeah. All right. Anything else? I think that might be it. Okay. Well, it won't be long now and I'll be able to jump in on the predictions too, but. I know we officially started season two. In the meantime, that is all we have for you today. So please make sure that you leave us a rating or a review and you hit us up on social media. We are at making a Drood on Twitter. And you can also find me on my personal Twitter page where I tweet about Nancy Drew, among other things. And that is at slowburnmac, M-A-C. And Teresa? Yeah, you can also find me on Twitter at T-R-E-T-E-R-E <laughs> underscore DV 95. I just am all over wow. the place today. Wow. Um, I just messed all of that up. If you didn't understand any of that, listen to any one of our other podcasts. <laughs> she does it right in all of those. But I am sorry. I was just telling her I'm getting, uh, uh, I was sick literally just yesterday. My brain was still recovering. It's okay. We forgive you. But uh, until next time, that's all we have for you today. So we'll catch you later, Drews.